Hi, everyone. I'm Gracie. And I'm Selena. And welcome back to Catching Up With Us. Happy Thursday. <laughs> okay. How's your week going? Um, It's been pretty slow, but nothing horrible. I feel like this week has just kind of like chugged along. We were talking about this earlier, but for me this week, every day was like a million years. Um, but nothing like huge to report coming off of a food coma from Passover. Excited to eat bread this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Um, and Easter is this weekend. Well, non-Orthodox Easter is this weekend, which is interesting that it lines up with Passover. Mm -hmm. I think it's like kind of the same timeline, maybe. I don't know much about it, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know much about it either. (laughs) Um, yeah, I also felt like this week was really long. Thought every day was Friday. Yeah, the, literally the worst feeling. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to sleeping in this week. Oh, I'm getting a haircut on on Friday. Uh, what day is it? On Saturday, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Something to look forward to. First haircut in a while. Um, since I think I did one in early fall, but I literally just kind of like lobbed it all off. There was nothing like stylish about it like I went in and I was like take all this off and that was kind of it and it was like straight across and now I need like layers and thinning and like some texture to my hair because it's all kind of one length mm-hmm. so my <laughs> actual like first actual aesthetically pleasing haircut in a very long time are you gonna do any coloring not this time but I'm go- I think my um salon is doing like a like limit on how long you're there, which totally makes sense. But if I were to stay for like a cut and color, I would be there for like six hours. So I'm doing my haircut this Saturday and then going back next Saturday for a color. And that's my first color since December, 2019, which is (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting that they're, I mean, it makes sense that they're doing that. I think they're trying to like slot in between it's not I don't know that it's a time limit but I think they're trying to give their stylists like enough time in between clients and things like that and it just didn't work out to like have it all in one sitting but quite honestly it's fine I don't really want to be there for four hours straight either so yeah I got my hair done for the first time in October maybe Mm -hmm. and I also only get my hair done once a year in general but it's been like a long time maybe almost a year (laughs) since that yeah and then it was a COVID year. Mm-hmm. And so I was in there for like three and a half, four hours. Yeah. Getting everything done. But it was just me. I, I've gone to this. I've literally never gotten my hair cut by anyone else since I was like 10 years old. I think wow. I went to like super cuts or, or maybe, what was it called? Bambinos. It was like super cuts for, for, ba- for kids. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, you saw it in like a rocket ship shape oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but since an, like a big girl haircut I've only gone to the same person my oh, whole wow. life and she owns the shop and so she has been a little bit more flexible she's been able to be more flexible because it's her place so was this the person that did your wedding hair no no okay got it noted understood no. <laughs> <laughs> different family friends yes got it what um so Passover that happened last weekend and mm-hmm. I've been eating all the remnants of that what's your oh, favorite, yeah. best bite favorite thing you made or ate this week Ooh. so Passover the first two nights of Passover was Saturday and Sunday we ended up eating Passover food for three days straight that was enough um 
I think the highlight for me, so I usually make a brisket or my dad usually makes a brisket, but this year we did short ribs because there's only two of us and there's only so much like folly a party beef we can eat between the two of us. So I did short ribs, <laughs> uh, but they turned out really, really nice. Um, like perfect, like could stick a fork in it and pull it apart. Um, that was a real treat with some horseradish. And then, it looks uh, so good. It was really nice. Um, and then everything else was kind of a nice beige color with a like mushroom quiche and a potato kugel and a cheesecake <laughs> and some matzo balls. The cheesecake also looked so dang good. The cheesecake was good. I also, it's also one of those things like there's so, there's only so many nights you can use, eat cheesecake for dessert. So like after the second night, I was like, this is enough. Um, it was really delicious, but like, I don't think it's one of those foods where like, at least for me, like I could make a cake and like eat it the entire week and not get sick of it. But like cheesecake, I don't think is one of those things for me. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a little bit dense. Um, it's interesting that like, I mean, the week, correct me if I'm wrong, but the week of like after you do that and between mm -hmm. Passover ends, it's kind of about fasting. So <laughs> this is kind of a, this is like the definition of pretty much every Jewish holiday. I'm not an expert here, but it's eight days long. For those eight days, it's not full fasting, but you give up le leavened food because the story is, is like the Israelites in Egypt, they had to get out of Egypt. They didn't have time to let their bread rise. So they basically made matzo, which is essentially an unleavened like bread cracker. Um, so in remembrance of that, people don't eat leavened bread. Now in the 21st century, 20, 21st century still, 22nd century? What are we in now? Oh my God. I think Okay, you got it. Uh, <laughs> people take it a little bit like far in every direction, like Ashkenazis, which are the Eastern European Jews don't eat rice because it wasn't a part of their diet, but Sephardic Jews who are like Middle Eastern, North African, Spanish, Mediterranean, that was a huge staple of their diet. So they kept eating rice, but like people take it so far in terms of like, you can't have pasta or like anything basically gluten, but like technically pasta doesn't rise or like any other sort of cracker, even though that doesn't rise. Um, so pretty much I think it's turned into like no bread, like nothing, nothing wheat. Gotcha. Um, we are, I grew up not eating rice or his family is mostly Spartic. So we've been eating rice. So we had Thai food tonight with rice and rice noodles. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I do it some years. I don't do it some years. This year it was like, I could probably benefit from a low carb week. So I did it. <laughs> um, but it, I don't, at least in my family, it doesn't hold like any super strong value or anything like that. It's kind of a fun challenge. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. What did you make this week? Anything good? Um, well, Michael officially started his new job this week. So I wanted to make him something celebratory and I made a stuffed pasta dish, yeah. <laughs> not low carb, <laughs> uh, but it was stuffed with a little, I mean, a little bit of cheese, but also lots of veggies like spinach and mushrooms and yeah. cheese. And we were talking about earlier, one episode earlier about like, what is spring food? It, this felt like spring food mm -hmm. and baked it and it was delicious. Did you have a sauce on it? No, no sauce. I made like a arugula lemon salad and put that on top and it was delish. Oh, yummy. So did it, when you baked it, the pasta didn't dry out? Um, the top got like a little crispy. Okay. But the, like the sides and bottom were still totally soft. But the crispy is nice. We like that. Yeah. And it was covered in cheese. So oh, yeah. Better. Like a pasta enchilada. 
Yeah, it looked like an enchilada when it came out of the oven. <laughs> and it kind of tasted like spanakopita, but not. Mm. It, was, it was strange, but it was good. And did you like come up with that yourself or did, was that a recipe that you followed? It was inspired by um, a munchies recipe that's like has squash, almost all the same ingredients, but squash instead was the main mm-hmm. vegetable inside. Um, but it really stemmed from the fact that we had all these veggies in the fridge <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't want to make another salad and right. needed to use them up. So that sounds delicious. We've been, we've gotten in the tradition the last few years for Thanksgiving, making Italian food instead of things like traditional Thanksgiving food, which maybe mm-hmm. we'll talk about in another episode, but it's just, my family is a Greek and Italian and that's like the food we grew up eating on big holidays mm. anyways. And most Thanksgiving food, I'm like, not aside from the pies and like a little bit of mashed potatoes, I don't, I'm not really into most Thanksgiving food. Yeah. It doesn't do it for me except for pecan pie and a lot of mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. But also like same kind of thing, like how much mashed potato can I really eat in one a thing? <laughs> a lot for me (laughs) (laughs) not for me and so we've been making Italian food for the last few years and every year we've had some component of stuffed like stuffed shells or Mm -hmm. manicotti or something and this year because of COVID there was like a shortage of stuffed pasta in Italy so there it was nowhere we didn't have that for Thanksgiving this year so we saw them a few months ago and bought it and made mid-year manicotti yeah that's great. Cool. That's a good tradition. Yeah, it's much better than turkey, in my opinion. Ugh. Yeah, I like turkey for like five seconds. Like I like like a crispy piece, and then I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> I like a turkey sandwich, but I like the sandwiches that come after Thanksgiving with like a little bit of cranberry sauce, leftover salad, turkey, probably a hollow bread. <laughs> I think the cranberry sauce honestly might be my favorite part of the traditional stuff, except for the pies. Well, here's the question. Do you like the canned stuff or the other stuff? No, Michael makes it fresh and it's delicious. I like fresh, but I also love the canned stuff. I don't like that texture. It freaks me out. It's just like jello. It's so good. Jello also freaks Yum. me out. <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah, good week for food, I guess. Yeah. Heavy um, week for food. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reading, watching anything good? Huh. No reading has been done in a very long time, probably since our last reading episode, which I need to get back onto. I think it's because I'm just not into my book and so I'm not like reaching for it. Ugh. So maybe I'll start something new. Yeah. Uh, watching wise, two things. One is we, I think we talked about this in another episode, but we finally started to watch all the Marvel movies in order. Disney Disney Plus has that feature where you can watch all of them in order. So we started that. We've watched three this week. <laughs> um, and then I, or is watching West Wing. And with that, I was like, how have you not watched Grace and Frankie? Because like Lily Tomlin and whatever his name is, who plays the president and also uh, Grace's wife is in it. Mart- Martin Sheen? Yeah, Martin Sheen. Yep. Do you know that Charlie Sheen, that's Charlie Sheen's dad? Dad. Yep. Nuts. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we put that on in the background of like cooking one night and now we've just kind of been watching it and so I've seen most of it I think I haven't seen the last season but Orr's watching it for the first time and he's enjoying it and that's been kind of fun to rewatch. I forgot how funny it was um it kind of lost me towards the end but the first couple seasons I, I really like I love that show I think it's so funny it's pretty much me and you <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like hard extremes <laughs> but yes 
It is very funny. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, it is a very cute show. It's like one of those ones where like you don't really have to pay attention to. There's really funny lines like you'll laugh out loud too. So it's been a nice like like or and I both have like he has a list of shows he wants to watch. I have a list of shows I want to watch. We have some that we want to watch together, but sometimes we can't always decide on like a light show we want to watch together. And so this is like a good middle ground. Yeah. Such a challenge. And I feel like it's like it's been exacerbated by the last year, but it's such Mm -hmm. a hard thing to like, I want to watch something I that's not a repeat, but it's light, but it's not totally boring. It's like a hard, yeah, hard place to find sometimes. Yeah. And like sometimes I think we've talked about this before, but like sometimes I'm really in the mood to like have something I binge all weekend and like don't look up from and like is really kind of all like engulfing. Um, and then sometimes I'm like, I really don't want to use like a single brain cell in my body for a show, which is where like shows like this, I think are, are nice and helpful. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Did you ever watch Lupin? No, but it's on my, it's on my list of my own shows, not or shows, but it's also one of those things because it's in French that I need to pay attention to it. So like, I can't do things in the background because I need to read the subtitles. So it's going to, has to be one where I have like in, in the mood to focus. Yeah, it's really good. It totally is that way. You have to focus. Mm-hmm. And the French, I mean, like you studied abroad in France, you took French. I took French in high school. Like I couldn't get by, but yeah. it's so fast that okay. it's like, even the subtitles go by fast. So you okay. don't so it's a, are like really sitting down paying attention, like can't look at your phone kind of okay. attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't think this month I'm there, but I will get there. But it's very good. And it's like they released only half the season and the second half of the season coming out in the summer. Oh, that's great. And um, what's coming out at the end of the month? Handmaid's Tale, um, the next season. So that will be fun. Good. Yeah. What uh, about you? We found a, a middle ground show that is like, checks a lot of those boxes where it's like entertaining and long and there's a lot of it. Right. I won't really have to pay attention to. Fun fact, The Amazing Race, all of oh. it, every season is <laughs> on Hulu. Okay. So we started watching that. And I have never watched The Amazing Race before. I was like, I don't think I have either. I've only recently gotten into reality TV. And I thought that, I mean, I knew the premise of the show for the most part. But that show is like almost as bad as The Bachelor in terms of relationship drama, like (laughs) in a very satisfying way. I had no idea it was like, like they talk the whole like, the first episode talks about how like all these different couples who've signed up to do this crazy thing are like on the rocks or like just got divorced and they're trying to do this as a way to reach oh. and I'm like so it's not just world. about the competing yeah why was this a good idea or like mother and a strange daughter oh. I'm like what are you doing so it's all but, about like bonding on top of winning yeah and then also the show what they have them do is just wild so it's very good <laughs> if you need that kind of show maybe I'll check that out and have you read anything watched... what have you been reading at all no everything you were saying was like could <laughs> about reading could have come out of my brain I don't think I like the book that I'm reading but mm-hmm. I also don't have the energy to like find another one <laughs> so yeah I, I, have a, I don't know if you feel the same way but I have a really weird thing about not finishing books like I hate I hate I've done it for a couple where I'll like trying to just put it back in my bookshelf with my bookmark still in the middle of it, but I really hate doing that. And like, I, I think I'm still fresh enough into this book where I can give it up, but it just, I feel, I feel so bad. 
you asked me to point this out, that is very eight of us. I also feel the exact same way. I can't. I would rather yeah. finish it and hate it the entire time than not yeah. finish it. And take like a year and a half to read it versus starting a new book. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, very eight of us. <laughs> yep. <sighs> okay. I don't know. I guess we kind of talked about that already. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Dive into number three of our four part series. Yes, absolutely. So uh, this week we're talking about astrology or horoscopes or whatever you want to call it. Um, And I I think we should start by kind of talking through this in the terms of like differentiating it from the other two things we've already talked about. So just a quick recap, our first episode was about the Myers-Briggs test. Then we talked about the Enneagram and what I think makes, and we'll talk more about this as we go through the episode, but what makes astrology different is unlike the first two, there's no quiz involved. So you're not assigned to your astrology based on like how you are in social situations and how you react to this and react to that and how you perceive things. Um, It is truly based on when and where and what time you were born. So more about like what has been aligned in terms of the sun and the moon and kind of the stars in the time that you come into this world. Um, So it's a little bit more foo-foo, I think, personally. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Um, But what I think is interesting to this is unlike some of the other quizzes we've taken or assessments we've taken, like this is never going to change your life. Like your birthday is not changing. Um, So I I think it's interesting that you're able without knowing anybody or anything about this person, they were able to kind of like come up with something that for lack of a better word, like categorizes personalities um, and traits and work ethics and relationships in a way that has no input from that person. (laughs) It is what Um, I think about if you really like think in, in depth about that part of it. It is kind of wild. Yeah. So I, I think like, let me give a little background about what this is, and then we'll kind of talk through what we are and kind of if we agree with it and kind of go through that. But astrology is essentially the study of the correlation between astronomical positions of the planets and events that happened on earth. So astrologers believe that the positions of the sun, the moon, and the planets at the time of someone's birth, like we were talking about, have a direct influence on that person's character. Um, The other part of this, which again, not experts on, and I don't know too much about besides what I've read, is that usually when someone's like, oh, what are you? Or like, what's your sign? They're referencing like 100% your sun sign, which is the one you answer with first. So like, I was born on January 5th, I'm a Capricorn. But there's also to to determine your whole horoscope, which I guess is like your entire personality and like your character, you also take into different elements of like, um, the date you were born or the time you were born in the location, which I think shows you your moon and something rising. I don't remember. What the yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up my chart right now. <laughs> yeah, um, there are essentially 12 signs, which some people think are by the months, but actually most signs break into the middle of months. Um, and each of the 12 signs are kind of broken into four elements. So actually kind of similar to the Enneagrams where they're like, these are the Uh, what was it, the thinking or the feeling group, Um, this astrological signs, the 12 signs are broken up into those four elements. So there's the fire signs, which are Aries, Sagittarius, and Leo, the air signs, which are Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, water signs, which are Cancer, Pisces, Scorpio, and earth signs, which are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo. Um, There's, there's a lot of like, I guess, information around like who's compatible, who gets along, what signs like each other, what signs don't. Um, But I guess all of it is kind of your connection and how you can be grouped together as a whole. 
I'm sorry. I'm so distracted by um, that episode in New Girl when Schmidt is putting on like a fire dance. Mm -hmm. Fire. The most dangerous element. Oh, God. Man. Schmidt's the best. But I think, I, I, I don't know about you. I mean, like, this is not something I... Besides like refinery 29 little things on Instagram, like my Capricornness, well, I guess I'm a Capricorn. Selena, what are you? <laughs> Pisces. Well, I found in, lear- in prepping for this episode that I'm a cusp, mm. means, which I guess means that I'm in between. I'm the date that are in between two signs, which means something, which I can talk about later. But I primarily <laughs> identify as a Pisces. As a Pisces. So we have a Pisces and a Capricorn. Pisces. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for me, at least, and I don't know about you, but like, this is not something I constantly check on. I think it's interesting as I do kind of like, as we talked about, like, I like being able to be giving reason for things. Um, so it's like something I think our friends like chat about lightly about like, oh, you know, if I'm a Virgo, so I'm like this, or I'm a Capricorn, so I'm like this, but it's not something I think I take to heart. It's, it's not a tool that I would ever use in a professional setting ever. Um, like I wouldn't onboard a new team and be like, okay, we're going to talk about our horoscopes and what's your sign. And we're going to learn how to like manage our team together. That's not something unlike the other two we've talked about, I would use this for. Um, and I don't know that I would take, I would take a lot of this to heart in terms of like, I'm a Capricorn, therefore I hate or dislike or don't get along with these people. And I'm never going to have them in my life. Some people do. And that's totally cool. Um, but not really how I use this tool. No, I totally agree. I think it, I, I use it. I use it the least out of all the things we're talking about, except maybe BuzzFeed quizzes, but I think BuzzFeed quizzes are ahead of this for me. <laughs> no, I think I use BuzzFeed quizzes more than this, but <laughs> it's something that like every time I see it, I have a personal connection to and see like, like if it comes up in my feed or someone tells right. me something about it, I'm like interested and I engage with it, but it's right. not something that I seek out on my own. Right. And we were talking about like back when like in-person magazines existed, like if I was flipping through like a 17 magazine and they were like, here's your horoscope for the month, like I would not read it. (laughs) Um, But it's not something that I like seek out on a daily basis or check my horoscope every day or every month. Um, And what I think is interesting, I think we talked about this in one of our first episodes, but like, I think this is also one of those things where if I wasn't born on January 5th and I was born on June 15th, I would be like, oh yeah, I'm totally that, you know? <laughs> like, I think it's one of those things where like you find things to identify it, yourself with it because it's something that belongs to you and it's almost like a signifier of who you are without oh, your choice. Totally. And I like, and I've said this before too, but in all of these things, I like, I enjoy looking at the, this and understanding astrology to understand the other people in my life. Right. So like anything that affirms that, is great. like sometimes I'll see something and it's like oh that's so Gracie of the mm-hmm. Capricorn but sometimes I look at it and like that's not Gracie like this is dumb yeah. you know <laughs> yeah but I, I think like it's a fun thing to like chat with your friends about it's a fun thing like you said to kind of like use to understand the people in your life and the relationships in your life um and before we kind of do a deep dive into our signs what they mean what they mean about us if we agree with them I looked up our horse, I took the liberty and looked up our horoscopes for today, April 1st. So I think I'll read them and you can tell me if you agree or not. Uh, So I'll start with yours for today, April 1st, 2021, Pisces. Uh, You are ready to start April off on the right foot. 
The moon soars through broad-minded Sagittarius all day, pointing your focus towards your ambitions. Which foot needs stoking and which requires a reroute? Luna's connection to the sun and sweet Venus help you ground down and utilize your skills to get ahead. Elsewhere, communicator Mercury aligns with Pluto, prompting transformative insights to emerge around long-term goals. Yeah, I would say aside from all the words that just tell me like frou-frou, yeah. um, I, would, I would say that that feels right. I mean, it's also, I almost think of this, I've never had like a tarot reading or anything like right. that, but it almost feels similar to that where it's like, if it's vague enough, you get what you need out of it. You get what you need out of it. Um, but yeah, I relate to that. I, I'm. You should active. read your month one. Cause I was reading your month one. And I was like, okay, this kind of makes sense. Like knowing what's kind of going on in your, in your personal world. Yeah. I think, I mean, that just to me, like that signifies the state of transition. Yeah. I feel like I'm definitely searching for and looking and preparing for but I also which is interesting because it talks about this as part of my sign yeah characteristic but I'm like almost always searching for that <laughs> so but yeah I would say that feels good what about what's yours mine I feel like this mine if this came out in March I would have been like yep definitely but I don't feel this way in April so mine says it's okay to hide away today, Capricorn. April's arrival begins with a need to pull back and quietly reassess what's happening on an emotional plane. As the moon ro- roams through so- thoughtful Sagittarius, Luna's harmonious link to the sun and gentle Venus offers peace to be to be found in solitude on the home front. Mercury's connection with the potent Pluto stirs prompts stirs and prompts conversations concerning your individual needs. I don't know that I like woke up this morning and I was like, I need solitude. I need to like think about what's going on. I'm not sure that that was me today, um, but I think maybe more of March. I'm sure I could find something to link it to, but like on quick read, I'm not like, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> a little ahead of your horoscope. <laughs> also very Capricorn. <laughs> I'm one step ahead. <laughs> it should be like an asterisk at the bottom. Like if you felt this two weeks ago, then you're right also on the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I, maybe I'll pass it over to you. I'd love to hear kind of your sign. Maybe we can kind of go back and forth of like, so we both, Sel and I both kind of like looked up our horoscope. We kind of looked at it in terms of traits and like the general overview, the personality, strengths and weaknesses, um, our signs at work and kind of compatibility. So maybe like section by section, we just go back and forth and kind of like assess that. But yeah, I'll let you go first. So again, I found out that I'm a cusp, which my birthday is February 20th. So I fall in between the Aquarius and the Pisces. Um, but I've always, anytime I've looked at this and looked at my birthday or whatever, I've always like looked at Pisces things because right. that's where my birthday officially falls. But I guess there are in between each of these signs, there's a period of like two days that fall in between that makes mm-hmm. you a cusp of those two things. And each cusp has a thing that it's like identified as. And my cusp is the cusp of sensitivity, which I just feel yeah, okay. like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, and I have nothing else to say about that. Um, <laughs> For another episode, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so this said the Pisces is the 12th or the last sign of the Zodiac, which means it's the finals in the cycle. Hmm. I'm. I almost want to do like another deep dive or if somebody listening or like if we know anybody who knows more about like not that I believe in it or think it is science I guess but I'm curious how these things come about like what part of the planets are they looking at you know like 
what the actual astrology behind it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm very curious about that because what does it mean? I would like to know more about that. No idea. But um, I guess it's the sign like being the last in the cycle. I Pisces bring a lot of the characteristics of all the other signs into Mm. that, into this sign. Interesting. Um, It says that these people are selfless, spiritual, and very focused on their inner journey, which I think is pretty true. I knew um, that's true. In some ways. And then they, I think this is like the biggest stereotype and the biggest thing with people with Pisces is like they're very emotional, very feeling, big feelers, big feelings people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it said it says it's not uncommon for them to feel their own burdens as well as those of others. So like be intuitive and very empathetic people. And then also it also says that they're like big dreamers, head in the clouds kind of people. I I think a lot of this I see in your, like, like we've talked about in every single episode of like how we are very similar kind of at our core and and present very differently. I think this is the definition of the difference between me and you, Um, which I think is really interesting because like you are someone where if I'm sad, you're crying for me. If I'm happy, you're probably also crying, but like in a happy way for me. And like, you know, you're very, I don't know like the exact science or the words behind it, but like when someone's hurting, you feel that like you're not only there to support, but you also like feel their pain or feel their happiness. You're very kind of like in tune and I wouldn't say, I don't know, spiritual, but like you're very kind of like aligned with those feelings. And I think that is actually one of the biggest difference between us. I'm, yeah. I'm definitely yeah. in that meme where I'm like five foot, five feet away from someone with a spatula tapping them on the back to give them comfort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it's fascinating. Like as frou-frou and whatever as this is, and mm-hmm. to an extent, the other things we've talked about, the fact that like our MBTI is almost the same thing. Our Enneagram is the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we like very clearly see how similar we are in so many ways. The biggest, like you just said, the biggest difference between us is that. And it, yeah. and I think that that is very well summed up by the signs that we fall under, which I think is just interesting. But yeah, yeah I think the word, I think the word that that means is like empathetic or being an mm-hmm. empath, being an empath is a thing that you can be not diagnosed, but like identified as, and it's all of those things. It's feeling, um, it's feeling that experience for other people. And I think a lot of times that scene is, a good thing but to be honest it's very exhausting sometimes mm-hmm. like there's usually one day a year where I just like break down and cry and have to have a, a, a day to like just be sad for all the sadness in the world because I like feel it on a very personal level which yeah. makes me feel like a insane person but it's like uncontrolled it's like very it's just a part of who you are it's just a part of who I am I also think it's and we can kind of talk about this maybe in the weakness section but I also think like as great as that is like also how often does that get you into a situation perhaps with relationships or friends where like people take advantage of that or, or walk all over you or expect you to be there or like, you know, like those sort of things. I'd be curious to kind of hear about that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think not to, I mean, this is just more example of where I use the Enneagram more in like my everyday, but I think, I think what is, what, I mean, not that because I'm those things, I benefit, but I think because I have the kind of a balance of personality there, I think I don't fall, at least not anymore, or mm-hmm. I don't fall victim to that as much right? because right. I have kind of like that strong eight dominant like balance. Yep. But I think if I didn't have that side of me, it would definitely be 
like overwhelming. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and so I am a Capricorn and this is my definition. Capricorn is all about hard work. Those born under the sign are more than happy to put in a full day in the office, realizing that it will likely take those days to get to the top. Um, Capricorns are ambitious and determined. Um, life is a big project for them. They take a very business-like approach to everything they do. They're practical, pragmatic. They're stream, extremely dedicated to their goals to the point of stubbornness. Emphasis <laughs> on stubbornness. <laughs> um, do you feel like you align with that? <laughs> yeah, so I think like the harshness of that personality, yes. I don't think that I personally, t- I think maybe I'm a more formal person and more like, not conservative politically, but like a more conservative person in the way I like think about things and get things done and like how I organize my life. But I think one of the things that was kind of a turnoff for me through this whole exercise of like learning more about Capricorns is like, it's all about work. And like, I don't think about work on a daily basis. I mean, it's important to me. I think that's where I get a lot of like, I like getting praised for my good job. I like getting, like, I find a lot of satisfaction for doing well at work and things like that, but I'm not I'm not the type of person that's like a workaholic or like work, you know, I do what I need to do. I do a really good job at it. And then I'm able to like unplug and step away. And I think the umbrella that Capricorns are all about like professional work life, I thought was a little bit harsh, but I do think like the personality things that they pulled out in terms of like ambitious, stubborn, practical, that stuff all makes sense to me. I didn't like that. Like everything was kind of about work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I think it, it's interesting too, because I think, I mean, there are obviously a ton of factors that go into this, but I similarly felt like the description of Pisces, it's like to the extreme. It's like, right, it makes course. it sound like all Pisces are like crying in the corner all the time. <laughs> I'm at my computer until 1am. Yeah. Like I, that is not me by any right. means. Um, but, but at the same time, it is interesting. And I, I think it's interesting too, like geographically where you live and how right. it's probably helpful to see a lot of other people I mean not because they're Capricorns necessarily <laughs> but like, it's full of Capricorns <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely more like the cultural norm and so I'd be curious to see like how you would feel like for example if you lived somewhere like where I live where like everyone avoids work like the fucking plague but yeah. like I'm, well, I'm curious about like how much that plays into it too I think that's really interesting because I also think that like, since I was young, since I even knew what college was, like, I was always like, I want to go to the East coast for college. Like, that's where I see myself like being a professional. And even as I get older, like the thing that's drawing me back to the West coast is like proximity to people I love and like family. It's not the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I had a good, I had a conversation with my parents about that. And I was like, you knew I was never going to go back to like Marin and like raise my family. Like the pace of life is just not what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think like, that's also, you know, proximity to a city and having things to do and like having things going on. Like, I don't know that I could ever like live in the middle of nowhere and feel that sort of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. But I do think personality wise, East coast kind of fast pace, a city where people are kind of like motivated and driven and kind of all have something going on makes more sense to me at this point in my life, at least than like living in a farm town where it's super slow or even honestly no offense like living in a beach community where like that the way of life is so slow and like that's so nice for me for like a week but then I'm like okay let's go <laughs> let's keep it moving yeah and, that, and I think living in like one of the two most fast-paced probably like competitive 
job oriented cities. I think it's interesting, like that. I think it's good that you have that example because it's like, I'm not as extreme as those people, but I also know that that is important to me. And that's a part of who I am too. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I'm not sure that this is a Capricorn thing, maybe just a Gracie thing, but like, I'm very motivated by the people I'm surrounded with. And so when I'm with people that are like, I don't remember the last time, maybe in high school, but like when I'm with people that like have no goals and motivation, I find that I a get sucked into that to some extent, or I find it incredibly, incredibly frustrating. Um, and so to be in a city where for the most part, you know, huge generalization, people are pretty like ambitious and career focused almost to a fault and almost to like an annoying level. That's motivating to me because like, I don't want to be the person at a dinner party being like, oh, like I have nothing going on. <laughs> um, and it's not a comparative thing. It's more of like a, I guess, like a self-motivation thing. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, those are parts of the things that were very similar in, because I, I wouldn't put my, I wouldn't describe myself in the same way that that describes you, but I definitely like feel frustrated with the same things. And like, that's been the biggest motivator for not living here anymore. And right, right. You know, I definitely crave that too, not to the extent that you do, but I definitely, that's something I think we have more in common than different mm-hmm. and location, I think is a big part of that. Yeah. That's super interesting. I never thought of that. Why don't you go through your personality and then we'll hit strengths and weaknesses. Let's do it all in one batch. I'll read all three of those. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, personality traits. Okay. It says receptive feminine or yin qualities. This all sounds perfect to me, but I don't know what that means exactly. Um, this sign oriented towards contemplation and engagement with inner awareness. No, that's mine. I think. <laughs> Am I reading yours? I think so. No, that's what I put for mine. Oh, mine is the same. That's oh, great. Cool. Great. We'll talk about that. Alive in both a Pisces woman or a Pisces man, those born mm. with the fishes as their rising sun or moon sign have a mystical, intuitive, and transcendental dynamic in the core of their personality. An echo of the seasonal awakening, awakening mm. in late winter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that whole sentence just sounds like bull. I just don't understand any of that. <laughs> means um but this part does make sense they are sensitive seekers who have the potential to bring a soulful healing energy to their relationships and communities and our water signs okay yeah that last that last line in particular (laughs) yeah that makes sense or like Mm -hmm. i understand what that means at least yes um, primary strengths can be found in their tender, sympathetic, mm. and receptive natures, naturally compassionate and empathetic. Yes. Pisces are wired to offer spiritual and artistic gifts to the world. These are the poets, musicians, painters, and intuitive counselors in our communities. Um, Which is all true. <laughs> you're very creative. You're also a counselor. <laughs> that's true, I guess. Yep. <laughs> I was like, this all sounds frou-frou, but you're right. I am those things. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's good. Um, Pisces can be counted on to offer help and healing support to anyone who is in need. Um, They tend to drift through life on their schedule and follow their inner sense that life is unfolding as it should. Um, They often believe in the good of others and will likely give the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Why are you laughing? Share it with us. I just think that that's true. <laughs> it is very true. I feel like I argue so many times with people about how I believe that people are 
innately good. Yes. <laughs> and I just don't understand when people don't believe that. Yep. That's people so are flawed. People make mistakes. People do things that are shitty and horrible. I, I'm a rational person, but I don't, mm-hmm. I do, I do operate from a place of like believing in the good in people. Yeah. I also think you operate from like a glass half full sort of situation with the way you give advice and interact with people and things like that too. Totally. Totally. I think we talked about this, I think in another episode, but I think where I'm very logical and like, I'm very thoughtful, but I'm not super practical. And yep. I think that, I think this, this speaks to that. Yeah. I think that speaks to that for sure. And then and we, I also think, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was also going to say, like, I think like the sense of higher purpose, I think that really resonates with you as well. Like you've always been like a bigger picture person, even with like the jobs and how you get there and like kind of what your purpose in this world is. Like you have, you see a very big picture view. Um, and the other thing that I thought was interesting, and maybe this goes back to our, our first episode is like the way I perceived you when we first met you, um, you know, the tend to drift on their own schedule and fo- fo- uh, follow your inner sense of like how life should unfold as it should. Now, I'm not saying like you like have no plan, you're very logical and you like think through things, but I think the way you and I think through things, and we talked about this in another episode, are very different. Like you are very much, and again, I'm putting a huge, um, swinging to one side on this, like I'm putting a huge, I guess, like generalization here, but you're so much more likely to be like, I'm moving to this place because it feels right. And it's like, where I need to be. And like, that's what needs to happen versus like, I have all these things lined up and here's why it makes sense. And here's my reasonable case for why I should move to that city. Like you're very much like a follow your heart person, whether it's like with your job or change or things like that, not in an illogical way, like you've thought it through, but it's, I think it's very much coming from your heart versus your head. Totally. I would agree with everything you mm-hmm. said there. And I think, I think it, it's, I think this is great because it is the main, like the core difference between us. Between the two of us. Like, yeah. Like I, I'm thinking specifically my, my husband, my partner, my Michael is also a Pisces, which we can talk right. about a little bit when we get to compatibility. But when I think about the differences there, like that is such like, I comparatively to another quote unquote Pisces, who's supposed to be this particular way. Like I'm a planner. I'm very action oriented. I think through, I talk through everything. Mm-hmm. And to, in contrast, he's like extremely go with the flow what he feels in the moment like leads with the heart acts with the heart everything that's so interesting so I feel like in this like spectrum of like we're here the opposite end of him in that way I'm definitely I feel more like closer to your end than his end Mm -hmm. but I think you're totally right that that I do lead with I'm like very open to going with the flow and I have a plan of how to deal with that but I'm very open to like it's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. And I really have that belief that like everything happens for a reason. And so mm-hmm. at some extent I have to just kind of like let it go and, and see what happens, Yeah, which might yeah. be more Selena of me than Pisces of me, but yeah, it is interesting that this also points that out as a part yeah. of that personality. Definitely. No, I think that's super interesting. Do you want to do yours or you want to do weaknesses first? <laughs> um, let's do your weaknesses and then we'll move to mine. Okay. Um, I think we've kind of touched a little bit on issues here, but um, though these signs are tender and sympathetic, they may take certain comments too much to heart and get easily wounded emotionally. Um, Often creative Pisces struggle how how to materialize their pursuits in a tangible functional livelihood. Hmm. 
being <laughs> naturally adaptive and changeable can be an asset, but it also makes it hard for those to follow through or stick with tedious details. Selflessness and self-sacrifice are beautiful gifts that Pisces offer, but this can lead them to be too needy, vulnerable, or codependent in love relationships. Pisces are vulnerable to absorbing toxic energy. So they are, if they're offering healing or counseling work, they need to have a cleansing practice. What are your reactions to that? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, like I said before, I think having the like strong, dominant, like ambitious part of myself that mm-hmm. I resonate with an eight really gives me a lot of balance here. Like I don't, right. I don't feel susceptible to a lot of these, like particularly with criticisms and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I may emotionally react, but I'm not like super wounded by those things. Right. I mean, it, that kind of rolls off my back or shoulders or whatever the saying is. <laughs> um, but I think where I've struggled before is the like absorbing how others are feeling to a point where like I lose myself and feeling that for other oh, people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I, it's my nature to put how I'm feeling or what I need second to what yeah. I'm experiencing from somebody else. And mm-hmm. I've, I've spent a lot of time like in therapy and actively working on that to not be that way. And I think I haven't felt that way since I was like maybe 18 or in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but that definitely was like a go-to nature of for me for a long like time like your first reaction yeah yeah I think, like someone says they need something like I'm in the car on my way yeah to their house even if it's like that means I'm calling out of work or I'm like not doing yeah. that work or I'm not doing whatever that was that was very much what I would do anytime somebody remotely needed anything yeah small and stupid or big yeah no and I, I think like as someone who's known you basically since we were 18 and now 28 I think I saw a huge shift in you around these weaknesses, like towards the end of college, when you were like very sure of who you were and kind of what you wanted to do with your life and even more so now. And I think like, like when I first met you and maybe we weren't so close, I remember you doing things, this is not to that extreme, but like if someone needed an art project done tomorrow, even though you had like a shit ton of things to do for your own classes, you'd be like, yep, no problem. And you'd like help someone until 1am versus getting your, I'm just making this up, getting your paper done. Like that was the person I think you were coming into college. And I think you're, you're like that to a certain extent now, but in with boundaries and like with certain people and around certain things, like you're not going to like do an art project until 1am now, but like if your friend needs you, you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you set up kind of parameters and boundaries in like your, in whether it's work or like other things you have going on in your life to make sure you have time for yourself too. Totally. <laughs> and, and that's been a very like active process. Like I've had right. to really work hard to kind of unlearn or like teach myself how to do that in a way that I still feel like myself and that I'm a helper and like, I care about others, but I also mm-hmm. prioritize myself in a new way, which is yeah. great. That's it. It's interesting that like this hits on all of that. Cause like, those are some of the things that I definitely see in you and kind of appreciate in our friendship and also like what makes us so different. But I also think knowing you for the past 10 years, like those are things that I've seen change, which is really interesting to see. Yeah. It's super interesting that we've been friends for 10 years, which is just makes me feel so many different things, <laughs> but also that it's been between the ages of 18 and 28. Like I, which are so formative, so formative. And like, I, I love where our friendship is at now. And I feel like where it's at now is going to be what it looks like for a long time. I mean, I'm sure it'll change as other things change, but I love that we've been able to see each other in like still fundamentally who we are, but those things 
we've seen each other grow in that way because we knew each other at like the perfect time to see right growth in that way yeah and like in a point of our life where like you know when you're 18 and going to college you think you know who you are and then like things change or like parts of your personality come out or go away or like you you I think inherently going through your going through college but also going through kind of your formative like young professional years like your mid-20s and stuff you kind of like and again things change like I'm sure there'll be another life event in our life that will alter who we are how we perceive the world and things like that but I think these 10 years that we've been friends have been so formative to who we are as people and it's been interesting to see like from the day I first saw you in a pink dress putting wallpaper or putting wrapping paper on your door and like to the person you are now like there's still a lot of you in there but I think like who you've become and like the mature human being and like functioning adult that you are now is like is pretty different from that person mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah I, I want to hear I'm curious to hear yours and see if the same if I have the same reaction want me to read mine yeah Okay, so our first two lines are exactly the same, but I'll read them again. <laughs> um, Capricorn personality traits are derived from its receptive feminine or yin qualities that make the sign oriented towards uh, contemplation and engagement with inner awareness. They have a dis- disciplined, masterful, and determined energy at the core of their personality. They hold the qualities of being an achiever, a builder, and a climber set out to conquer lofty goals. They're determined, consistent, reliable, and often over-deliver on their promises to make their honor and public reputation seriously. Um, some of my, do you want to you react to that or should I go on to strengths? No, I want to hear your reactions to that. <laughs> I think, again, a lot of this I think is very work-focused, which I'm not sure I fully identify with. And there's parts, like I, I personally don't see myself as an overachiever. Maybe, maybe other people do. But I do think like I'm a very reliable, consistent person. I think there's some stubbornness that comes into that. But like if I tell you I'm going to be there on time, I'm going to be there on time, like not two minutes earlier, maybe two minutes earlier, but not two minutes later. Um, Like I think I I think that consistent kind of energy is something that I resonated with. But I don't, I don't know about like the climber, the achiever, the builder. Those are not words that I would necessarily describe myself as. I would definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I think, I think your demeanor and your like, your general vibe on the day to day makes that harder to see, I guess, or maybe not right. at, like the forefront, but mm-hmm. I would definitely consider you all of those things as well. Interesting. And I think like, maybe, maybe you can react to this as well, but like, I think a lot of those things are more internal for me than kind of like external things like I set goals for myself and there's places I want to be in five years and like things I want to have and have accomplished but like I don't know that I'm someone and maybe you receive it differently because you're a close friend of mine and like I tell you those things but like I'm not sure that I'm someone that like puts that on the world of like I was watching I was watching a show called First Dates and there was this one woman on there and she was like what's your five-year goal this is my five-year goal like that's not a conversation I would have (laughs) with like the general public but like as my close friends and like internally I have those goals right Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think you're also a very humble person and like, you're a very, you're very in tune and very aware of how like other people are different than you in a very like judgment free way, as much as you like consider yourself judgy about certain things, but like you're a very understanding diplomatic person. And so I think 
you are not super braggy about the way that you do that, or you wouldn't know that right off the bat, but as somebody who knows you well, those are a big part of who you are. Interesting. So my strengths, I'm cool headed down to earth can be approached for pragmatic advice and a fair verdict, which I thought, I thought that was interesting. Um, I don't shy away from commitment, but rather requires it of their friends, colleagues, and lovers before they fully trust, which I totally agree with, can be loyal allies until you cross them. Um, Known for classic elegance and resiliency, often have a dark and rueful humor to help them survive, which I thought was very kind of fitting. (laughs) What parts? All of it. Um, I think, I think what you were saying before, like I'm, I'm kind of very cool headed. It takes a lot to fluster me or like get me really angry. When I get angry, I get really angry, but I think it gets, takes a lot to get me to level 10. Um, I don't think I shy away from commitment. Like even throughout my entire life, I've always been a boyfriend girl. (laughs) Like I, I, I hate, I hate casualness in kind of any sense, whether it's with friendships or like relationships or anything. So I really kind of felt that one. Um, And I think the loyal, I think, when I think about something that's the most important to, thing to me in anything, it's loyalty. And I think that's also where I have found that I'm like loyal to a fault maybe, um, or vice versa. Like that's one of the things that like, if you're not loyal or you're not trustworthy, like you're not honest with me, that's one of the things that really like puts a stake in my heart the most. Mm-hmm. So I do agree with all of these. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the dark humor. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all of this sound, I mean, hearing it just is very true of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my weaknesses, I am stubborn, relentless, judgmental, and unforgiving of others' mistakes and life choices. Um, I tend to be traditionalist. It's so harsh. It's very harsh, but it's not so wrong. <laughs> um, tend to be traditionalist, more conservative. That doesn't allow for flexibility in how they or others live their lives, which I think is interesting because I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm judgmental about of like the choices people make, which should be none of my business, quite frankly. Um, And then if they are feeling insecure, they can default to a radical self-reliance that cuts people out of their lives. If they fall short of what they promise in fear of being used, they often end up isolating themselves. Capricorns need to let their walls down more. I think if you asked Sophie, she would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about all of that? I mean, I think, I think there's a lot of truth to it. I think this is super harsh, um, like a very extreme general view of a Capricorn. But I do think I'm like more conservative and traditional in the way I view things. I think that like I have a very, this is again, very general and very broad, but I'm very much a black and white thinker. <laughs> like there's right and there's wrong. There should be no like kind of in the middle. And I think that's kind of one of my biggest faults in terms of like relationships and keeping people in my life of like, if I don't disagree with it, it's over. Um, And there's no kind of like me hearing you out about it because I know that it's right or wrong. Um, I think that's like the stubbornness in me and kind of the traditionalist in me as well. I think what I don't, I don't know that I've ever had a fear of being used. I don't, I don't know that that's like an insecurity of mine. Um, so I don't really resonate with that, but I do think like one of my biggest personality woes is that like, I feel lonely. Like there's often like that isolating aspect of like either physically, physically, like someone's not near me or I don't have a support system or like, I feel like shut off from other people. And usually it's my own doing, but like, I think that's the biggest thing that 
is like a weakness of mine is like when I kind of get down or in in that dark place I kind of shut off and that's kind of what I'm like I have no one <laughs> well there you go your your Pisces is coming out and you're taking my burden I for, I don't want to put that on you <laughs> oh, it's okay I I can handle it um, I think the the it's interesting I hear I hear a lot of things and I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm tracking them in my brain to remember them but I think um the fear of being used that's what it said right I think mm-hmm. that was also something that was identified as a weakness for the eights I don't know if mm-hmm. you remember that but I think that yeah. you said the same kind of thing but hearing it in this context it makes me wonder if that's not as much of a fear because you do all these other things to like to not let that happen <laughs> to not even let that become a thing right and so maybe it's not a fear but it's a definitely like defense that's put up yeah or you people can even have the option to make you feel that way which is interesting Mm -hmm. um but I think I I love hearing about this and talking about this in the context of how long we've known each other because I think before or like when I first met you and things that was not the side I saw of you at all because I feel like you you put you compartmentalized a little bit more mm-hmm. when you were younger and like I think I don't remember we talked about this a little bit when we first met but I knew you from a very like social fun like outgoing Our fun days yeah fun part <laughs> which so like the first few times I got to know you it was like we were out drinking or like we were going to a frat party or going to some mm-hmm. event so it was like it was almost like that part of Gracie was like turned off and the fun like energetic like life of the party kind of person was turned on yeah. and I think what I've really loved seeing is like I don't feel like I mean I haven't lived close to you in a long time so I that might still be a, a part of it but even in the years that I've come to visit and we've gone out and those kind of things it's like the parts of your personality aren't you're not separating those as much and they're all mm-hmm. just kind of like you in the wholeness of you and I think you've become a lot more flexible you still like what you, you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like but you're so much more open to like hearing and talking about that and flexible in the way of hearing like being open about the way that you're feeling about those things you might not ask for help or you might not need anything about it but you're talking about it and you're bringing it up more with the people that trust like you trust and are close to you in a way that is like makes me feel like I understand that part of you a lot more that's interesting I also think with that same kind of grain or on that same thread I think as I've known more who I am and kind of as I'm more comfortable with like let's say some of these strengths and some of these weaknesses and like what I like and what I don't like and kind of figuring out all those things <laughs> that that loyalty and trust aspect comes back into it because I think like once you're in like past the front door like into my house that sort of thing like you're there and I'd like to keep you there but I think where you might see more of some of these strengths to an extreme and some of these weaknesses to an extreme is if you're still outside mm. um, in one way or another but I think like you see that side of me because I trust you and I know that you're loyal like you know like those you pass those tests those like think those things but I I do think like when I was younger there was a very I presented and internally was very different and now I think I've kind of merged those together for better or for worse but like 
I've kind of figured out like, oh, maybe I don't like those parties. And like, I can turn that on. That's what I do on a daily basis, like at work, like being so candidate focused, like I'll go to a networking event and talk to 300 people and like put it on and be smiling and engaging. And like, but I think it's also that control aspect of like, I set this event up. I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly when they're going to leave. I know what what questions they're going to ask. And then I can like tie it up in a nice bow and put it away. (laughs) Well, and and you're doing a job and like, that's important to you. And that's, that's a component of it, which totally makes sense. And we've also talked about this where I like organized fun when it's my version of like when I'm in charge of setting up the night out of where we're going to go and what we're going to do and when it's going to wrap up that's like a very safe place for me versus like going with the flow and like someone else kind of taking the reins because then I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. In fact, I'm deciding ahead of time. I'm not going to like this. <laughs> um, so I think like when I'm in control, of like the party or the dinner party or what we're doing, I feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. that makes sense. I think it's really, really beautiful that I think that the, the trust that we kind of establish whenever we past that level of we're we're close now is you putting the earring in my ear (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that was early on (laughs) oh and I guess I told you that you're the kind of person that I want my kids to know or something like that yeah um because even just in the example that you shared about going out like as a person who's like you know, quote unquote, go with the flow and more interest, like more whatever. Mm -hmm. You've always been a person in my life that is constantly, that I can go to reliably for fun things. And I think because I trust you and you trust me that like I go with, I quote unquote, go with the flow with you, but it's because I trust that like, I know that what you're going to do is going to be what I want to do. And so I like, I like, I'm going with the flow, but really it's, like that just works which I think is really cool (laughs) yeah that's interesting like there's I would probably say yes to anything you suggested for the Mm -hmm. most part and that may make you think of me as like a yes person but I think that's more because of you than it is yeah that I'm that way (laughs) yeah no I definitely feel that especially like in college when I'd be like let's do this or let's do that or let's have these people over for this reason you were like yeah of course I think I, at that point, saw that as like very go with the flow, but in reality, it's because we have very similar interests and like that actually sounds fun for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I trust like, you. Yes, yeah. So like, I guess person, depending on the person. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I also think we've talked about this before that I'm like at a point where all of the friends, the close, all of my people in my life are like that. And it's right. not a lot of people, but it is people like that. And that makes me feel very safe. And I like that, you know. It's interesting. We have two more sections. Do you want to talk about the work and we'll do work first and then let's do compatibility because I think they're two kind of big topics. Yeah. Do you want to, I feel like this episode is long. Maybe we break it up into two, but maybe not. I don't know. I think we can wrap it up after we talk about compatibility. (laughs) Um, I thought for a second that I didn't do the at work part, which is hilarious, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> um, at work, Pisces, expansive, adaptive, and imaginative, imaginative nature makes them uniquely suited for jobs where they can heal and support or be creative and imaginative. Interesting. They take form in many professional roles, but will likely not be found in jobs that are high paced, risky, or stressful. Um, they need to cultivate a safe private work environment where they can connect, dream, and follow their intuition. 
routine or structure don't come natural to Pisces. So they can have, they can borrow the skills of their opposite sign Virgo to learn how to create schedule and a sense of material. Um, that being said, Pisces are still very productive if they left to their own devices as they are often following a big picture or plan that doesn't, that others don't yet perceive. Hmm. I would say like most of that feels right. I think, I mean, by nature, a lot of that is inherent. I think, I think really the parts of Pisces that I don't identify with are, are the parts of me that, um, like are eight, but also just like as a kid of divorce, like as, as an oldest kid of divorce, like there were so many things that I had to be so responsible for that. And like grow lot, up fast for, yeah. Yeah, that a lot of these were just like not an option for me. Right. So like I'm, I am a planner, like I have, a, I buy a planner every year. I write down everything. I, I'm, I'm that way. Mm-hmm. But the first part is what I mostly identify with, like yeah, suited for jobs where they can heal a support. I mean, I'm, I'm a mental health counselor. So that is what I do. Uh, yeah or be creative and imaginative and that's where I like focus on systems change and so I'm I I do want to like live in one of those worlds yeah and I think even when you think about creativity like it's not just like art and doing art projects and like doing that sort of stuff it's the innovative side as well like I don't think and correct me if I'm wrong um I don't think you'd be happy to, in a job where like there wasn't flexibility or wasn't room for you to like make your own change or impact in that space. Like if someone was just like, here's what we do and here's how we do it. And like, you don't deviate from that plan. I think that would really cramp your style. <laughs> like, I think you'd have a really hard time with that. And again, it's not about, it's not about pen to paper creativity, although like you do enjoy that sort of stuff, but it's about like being able to think out of the box and being creative with your solutions and like, how you think about things. Like, I think you'd really struggle in a job where they gave you an assignment and they were like, do it from A to B and that's it. 1000%. And that's the exact job that I'm in and have been in for the last few years. Yeah. It's very difficult. Right. And like, I think, I don't know much about like the world of research and I won't pretend to know, but like, what's interesting to me is when I think about research, I really think of that A to B, like we have a project and we need this type of solution, prove it. But I also see there's different ways to get to that answer, which I think you'd be creative and kind of innovative around like looking into those things. I know that's a very general way of thinking about research, but like, that's the best way I can put it at this moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yeah, I, like, I don't think I think of like Selena and research next to each other, but like, I think when you think about coming up with creative solutions and creative ways from A to B, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm constantly in, in a professional setting, I'm constantly thinking about other ways to do things that would be more that would serve our larger goal in a more effective way right and in a lot of institutions that is not welcomed (laughs) yeah that's so interesting but I do think again like going back to kind of your your thinking with your heart and things like that like I think you will always and we'll do like a whole episode on this but like I think you will always need to be in a job that brings you satisfaction to your heart, like to your passions and kind of what you believe in. Like, I don't think even if the tasks were something fine, I think you will always be the type of person that you need to work for an organization or a thing that you really strongly connect with, believe in, feel passionately about. I think that's a huge component of kind of like where you find satisfaction. Totally. Could not agree. It's true. And it makes it very difficult to figure out what that is. Yeah, no, totally. Um, 
<laughs> that also like pays a living salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. You ready for a Capricorn at work? It's going to be no surprise, but I'll read it to you anyways. Driving. <laughs> Capricorn's cool and diligent nature makes them uniquely suited for professions where they are needed to organize and manage material and human resources. As a cardinal sign, they do not need to take the lead in some capacity for their work to be challenging and fulfilling. Um, oh, they do need to take the lead in some capacity for their work to be challenging and fulfilling. They're disciplined, independent enough to be entrepreneurs or solo workers, but also their discerning and judicial qualities lend them well to helping draw the latent potential out of people. Time conscious and efficient, Capricorns need to manage their schedule to some extent, so they may not enjoy subordinate roles for too long. For this reason, many under the sign build their own businesses where they can call the shots and set new standards of excellence in their field. Blah, 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 set their personal goals and hold themselves to a high level standard with the work they take on and do it with pride. Um, blah, 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 something about a sea goat. Administ <laughs> <laughs> Administrative and organizational roles of all kinds are natural uh, Capricorn do domains. They make natural business managers overseeing everything from construction to manufacturing and land development. Okay. Strong leadership skills, blah, blah, blah. Take roles in government and finance. They can be active in law and politics as leaders, officials, judges, banking, accountants, economics. Economists roles are also ca classically Capricorian. Blah, blah, blah. More about sea goats. We do have a creative side that comes out uh, in many arts and crafts forms that are constructive and dimensional. A lot about the other types of works here. Life of hard knocks and survival mode, put them as great storytellers, comedians, and entertainers. Hmm. Yeah, I think summed up, we work hard and we like being in charge. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I mean, I think it all makes sense. I think like I can work good by myself. I can work in groups. I think I like having a clear direction. I think like I tend to lean to jobs that are like heavy logistics or like strategy focused so that those lists in the way that I think about those things make the most sense. Like I, I think I like the behind the curtain impact that I can bring to situations of like knowing that I set this up perfectly and like all the right people were asked and they all got invitations and they all look perfect. And the, those are the things that like kind of bring me the most satisfaction of like seeing a project through. Um, of course, like not every not most people don't love like all the administrative tasks but I find like some of them at least are like great check marks on my to-do list yeah um, you should see my morning to-do list at work it's literally like clear inbox check um things like that so I find a lot of kind of joy in like the logistics and the kind of background things that happen to make things good yeah and I think it's interesting that you that work is like emphasized so much in this sign and that's what you are and that you find a lot of like joy and purpose in in your work, but also what your work is about is finding other people work. Yeah. So like, which was not your initial plan or probably not what you thought you'd end up enjoying, but you really enjoy that, what you're doing. And you have other goals and like you, you can see that evolving into other things, but it's interesting that that is also the focus of what your work is about. And that brings you a lot of joy. For those listening, like if you ever have any work <laughs> questions gracie is the expert like i you need a resume like, review i go to you constantly <laughs> for that because you're so good at it but you've always been good at that before you were a recruiter yeah. and mm -hmm. now that that's what you also focus on you're like yeah 
I think one of the things that's unique about, I guess, my sign and the work that I do is like, I don't really get a lot of the credit for the stuff that I do. Like when people decide to work where I work because we've recruited them and kind of brought them through the process, they're not like, oh, Gracie hired me. Um, And I, that's not really something I need, like that praise or like that recognition is not necessarily like something I need, but like, I know it happened. So it's fine. Um, Do you like that? I like that feeling. And I like, I think the other thing that I really like is really seeing, we were talking about this before we started our podcast, but like my job is super, super cyclical. Like it's super busy in the fall and kind of through January. And now we're kind of in the time where we debrief and take a look at the season and everything like that. But you really truly get to see everything from start to finish, where whether it's an event or even a candidate going through our process, you meet them before they go to business school or like right when they're starting and you get to see them hopefully through to when they get an offer and when they start at the firm. So it's really like, I find that really satisfying to, to be able to quite literally like check a project off to be like, I started it, I finished it, I saw the result. Wow, you, <laughs> you would hate my job, <laughs> my work. I, I think that is so satisfying. Like, I think that's one of the things that I crave in a workplace is I need to see results. Like I need to see what's happening mm-hmm. uh, and not just kind of like, throw them into abyss and never see how they do. I get to like work alongside them and kind of see with the other half of their story as well. Yeah. I can see, I can see why that is what very satisfying to you. <laughs> um, but also I think the other thing I get a lot of energy from is being the person that knows it all, <laughs> both in my personal life and my professional life. So like anybody, whether it's an internal person coming to me asking what's going on to a career center, asking me what's going on to a candidate, asking to be pointed in the right direction. I always know. Um, and I find that to be like very satisfying. Well, you do have personal too. Like I do, do you enjoy being the person that like people know to go to for like recipes or restaurant guides or yeah. other things? Like, do you feel the same kind of, I mean, maybe not the same, but do you enjoy that also? Yeah, I mean, I think I like, especially things I know a lot about and kind of feel strongly about or have a lot of information about. I like being a resource to other people. Maybe where I'm less confident about things, like I'm not going to be the one to like raise my hand and pretend I know, but like when I do know, I'm like, actually, let me tell you all about this. How do you feel when you are approached about something that you don't know a lot about? Um, I don't think it scares me, but I don't think I will be... I'm not someone that will talk out of my ass about it. Like I'll admit that I don't know, or like, I'll be like, Hey, I'll find you the answer. Like on a professional setting, I'm the first person to be like, Oh, I don't know much about that. Let me find out and get back to you. And like going back to my reliable self is like, I will always email them back. And like, people are often surprised about that where they're like, Oh, we talked a month and a half ago and I'm circling back on this. Cause I finally have an answer for you. And they're like, Oh, I didn't think you would. And I'm like, of course I will. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't think I'm much of a bullshitter in terms of like, making things up or like finding things to talk about to like hear my own voice. But I do think when I like know something and like, know I'm good at something or no, I know a lot about something. Like I will tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't consider you a bullshitter at all. Which is interesting. Our last section is compatibility. Do you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. So Michael and I are both Pisces, mm-hmm. um, which I think is interesting. It says my compatibility overall says the fire signs are what I have the most challenge relating to, which I find true. Like those people are, I have people like that in my life that I'm very close to, but I definitely find the hardest time 
relate, like I don't relate to them <laughs> really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like the lead, and it says that Sagittarius is a good fit, which is one of my other really good friends and which is interesting. And then Leo is the worst match. Hmm. Which, which from thought, the Leos I know, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. I find that personality very abrasive and yeah. very hard to get along with. Not that I have, I have people in my life who I love and do get along with, but yeah, yeah. This is very they're like extremely different than I am. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, both fire sign and air signs to me are technically the ones that I'm less compatible about, more compatible with water signs, which you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and earth signs, which are Capricorn, Taurus, and Virgo, which Taurus is my fiance and Virgo is my other really good friend, um, which I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. And what I also find interesting is like, I'm super close to my parents and one's a Gemini, one's a Sagittarius, which are both like opposites. Again, they have no control over this. It's not like they picked from their Enneagram, but I do think that's very interesting. It is interesting. <laughs> but we, I think what's interesting is we're also not fit, even though we're different signs and also different earth signs, like I'm earth, you're water. We have different, or we have the same signs that we're least like compatible with, which is interesting. Cause I, I do think that's true. I think there's people that walk into a room and both you and I are like, nope, <laughs> uh, like those people are not for us. Yeah. I think you probably initially and me at the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, you get to know them and then you see the best in them, you get to know them, then you decide. I decide when they walk in the door. <laughs> yeah, you're a much better sense of judge of character that way. Not character, but like- person. I'm just more immediate. Yeah. Um, That's your glass, ha- glass half full. Like you're like, let me get to know them, see if it's actually fun. <laughs> yeah. And then I pulled the um, compatibility, what it's like Pisces to Pisces, because that's mm-hmm. what I'm with. Um, and it says Pisces and Pisces potentially have the most affinity and understanding between them. Hmm. Uh, however, they may be so much alike that they get lost in a world of their own making. They may be creative collaborators and explore spiritual practices together, but they will need to remember to make time for coming out of their solitude and enjoy activities that keep them grounded, which I think is true. Like I think, um, Michael's far more like this than I am, but I think we can kind of get a little lost in, in a negative way. in like, as a weakness, we can get a little lost in like fantasizing or romanticizing certain mm. things, yeah. especially around move and places change, yeah. and change, which ultimately like we both really like change. And like, even if something fails, it, we don't see that as a bad thing. It's just harder. And so I, I, I wouldn't put that in like a, a horrible thing that we do, but we definitely do do that, can do that. Yeah. That's super um, interesting. And also when we both are having like a really hard time or struggling um, with, with work or whatever, we, we kind of like retreat into that with each other and like have time to just like be in our own little world for a while. Mm-hmm. And Michael's also an only child for those who don't oh, yeah. like, he's a feeler, his, his Enneagram is a feeling thing and he's a Pisces and he's an only child so he Mm -hmm. he really needs those things um but I think I'm like very firm in a lot of ways so we don't really get stuck there I don't think we've ever felt that that way I've never felt that way but we do have like a pretty good understanding of each other in a pretty deep way which Mm -hmm. makes sense with this in the way that we're similar and your birthdays are eight days apart (laughs) yeah we're eight days apart 
That's so interesting. So I, Cap Capricorns love realism and grounding and might find impulsive fire signs harder to relate to, which is totally true. Um, Capricorns tend to blend well with water signs, which is what you are, and other earth signs having a harder time relating to fire and air signs. Um, oh yeah, and I should, I should mention that earth signs are what we get along with the most, which is what yeah. you are. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and then, or my fiance, he's a Taurus, and it says, and, I, and then, from what, I understand, yes, from what I understand about both signs, even though they're in two different like sun, like groups, I guess, um, is that elements, elements <laughs> is that they're both, what's the best way to put this, like harsher signs, like they're both like pretty stubborn and headstrong and kind of know what they like and know what they don't like, which is very much Or and I. Um, luckily, we agree with most of each other on those things, but where we don't agree, we really don't agree. Um, and I would say, so it says Capricorns and Taurus share many affinities and may connect over their enjoyment of finer things like food, wine, and sensual pleasures. Um, Taurus draws the romantic lover out of cool Capricorn and Capricorn appreciates the support of the dependable nature of a Taurus. They are sure to have a lot of fun together, which Caps need to stay balanced. I feel like that second sentence should go in your vows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think that's totally true though. Like, I think like I, like of the two of us, he's a little bit more like sensitive and affectionate and all those things. But I also think like, he's a lot, we share a lot of introvert qualities, but like if anyone's gonna, gonna, gonna convince me to go out and like have a good time, it's him. But I also think looping back into this, it's because like, I trust him to know that I will have fun and like enjoy that space. Um, but I also think that Tauruses are super grounded. They're a bull for those who don't know. So they're very kind of like headstrong and grounded and that's the way they think. And like, that's something that's very reassuring for me. Like, I don't like someone that's all over the, at least in like my life partner, like someone that's all over the place and like, can't make up their mind and doesn't know what they want. Like that would be really frustrating for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I can, I can see how it works and why you appreciate that in him. But also I could, I could also see, I guess, where the, the stubbornness on both your sides, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely like some issues that we just like can't. And like part of the reason we've never moved out of DC is because we can't for the life of us decide where we want to go. Um, but I also think that for the most part, like we, uh, we agree where we want to like spend our time and our money and things like that. Like we both like trips and we both like good food. And like, there's, there's things I think that are, I guess, according to this, like more luxurious or the finer things in life that like, like when it comes time to buy a house, like I think we'll have a lot of the same priorities, like things like that, which will be kind of very reassuring. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps me make sure that I'm making the right, like it makes me feel good about the decisions we're making. Not that I need it because I'm very decisive, but I think if I had a partner that was like, whatever you want to do, or like, I don't care, or I'm not invested or like all of, one day likes this and one day likes that. Like, I think that would be such a hard personality for me to like navigate long-term. Yeah, I see it. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our, our episode on astrology. Is there any kind of like closing thoughts that you have? I think it, it just leaves me like all of this. I feel similar about the other things that we've talked about in this series. You know, I like understanding you better. I like understanding myself better. I like understanding mm. the context of all these things. This is the one that I feel like I want to learn more about how this all came to be. Right. It seems 
like at some point it had to have been based on something like semi-legitimate and I'm just kind of curious what that is my question is like like the people that write these horoscopes or like write these definitions I'm like what are they basing this off of (laughs) like is it like the people in their life that are Capricorns or Geminis or whatever or is it like I, I don't like what part of Venus makes you more sensitive? I don't like, that's what I'm curious about. Yeah. That's what I, that's, yeah. I'm, and I'm like afraid that it's like too, too niche that I like, don't really want to read about that, but I kind of do want to read about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I also think that of all the three things we've talked about so far, and you mentioned this earlier, it's like, we were very similar on a lot of these things. And again, understanding that we had no control over what astrological sign we were born into <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's also interesting that like, there are a lot of these things that both you and I resonate with in terms of our personality and kind of what makes us click and what kind of pisses us off. And this is the one where I think we're the farthest apart on, um, which I think is interesting. Again, we have no control over it, but like it, it shows me that when we're taking those quizzes, we think very similarly but there's aspects of our personality, which I also think are like the biggest differences between us that are like inherently because of the time and date and location we were born apparently. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I think it's interesting that this highlights the different, the main differences between us where the yeah. other kind of highlighted a lot of similarities. similarities. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, this wraps up our third installment of our four part series. Um, join us next week for the probably the most accurate of all of these uh, personality assessments, which will be uh, BuzzFeed quizzes and <laughs> what they tell us about ourselves. I-, I will say that we often score the same things. Um, it's true. So we'll grab a couple of them and tell you, you know, designing a dorm room where we should study abroad <laughs> and, and things like that. So well, I think that's kind of a, a last, a fun last thing to wrap this up on. Yeah. And let us know if you like it. Um, we are now, if you're listening to this, probably either on Spotify or Apple podcast, cause we're on mm. both. If you could leave us a review, that'd be great. Let us know if you like it and we'll see you next week. Thanks for catching up with us. Yeah. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.